Welcome to the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Hart, and I'm an expert on how you can get the most out of your contracting company. The reason I designed this show is to help you turn your contracting company from a people-dependent money pit into a process-dependent cash cow to have the freedom you dreamed of when you start your business. Every Friday, we're releasing podcasts with information to help you get the most out of your contracting company. Be sure to join us at www.contractorsuccessmap.com and subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. This podcast is episode number 240, and it will be about construction accounting secrets for new contractors. Now, we consider a new contractor, that's someone who just started their business in the last five minutes. It can also be somebody who has started their business in the last 50 years and any time in between. And a few rare exceptions, we even count new contractors as people who started business 100 years ago. Now, that sounds almost facetious. Let me explain something to you very briefly. If you go to the bank and ask for a loan for anything whatsoever, all they really want to know is your last two, possibly three years of financials. Why? Because really, what happened in your your business more than three years ago isn't relevant because everything is changing so fast. In some industries, what happened last week or last month is not relevant. So from an economic point of view, an economy point of view, all businesses are less than three years old. Now, they may have been formed 20, 30, 40 years ago, but as far as the, the bankers, investors, and, and business people are concerned, all businesses, two to three years old. All right? So these are secrets for new contractors. And I'm really looking to address myself to those contractors with a fresh mindset because that's key. Uh, myself, I've been on this earth for well over five decades plus. And I consider myself still green and growing. I'm not ripe and rotting, learning new things every day. So let's go forward. Let's talk about this a little bit. What are construction accounting basics for construction contractors? Well, construction accounting is not a natural mindset for construction contractors. Construction accounting has its own language. There's all kinds of languages on this earth. Construction accounting is a language. Math is a language. Science is a language. Um, the entire, all the different types of construction, whether you're a plumber, electrician, a home builder, commercial contractor, TI contractor, you have your own language. Words mean something different to you than other people. Regular accounting is a language of simple income minus expenses equals net profit. And regular accounting is about, I don't know, about 80% of all accounting out there. 15% of accounting is construction accounting. 5% is manufacturing. I'm not going to touch manufacturing. I just want to focus on construction accounting, that 15%. Because that's what's concerning to you folks. You see, construction accounting is income minus, wait for it, cost gets sold, minus overhead equals net profit. So that simple little thing we call cost of goods sold, that's the primary difference between regular accounting and construction accounting. Now in regular accounting, yes, they do have cost goods sold, but in most regular accounting firms, 
and companies that use rigor accounting, the cost could sell just one line. They bought a widget or a product, they bought it for a dollar, they sold for two dollars. You only need one line. But in construction, it's a whole different animal because even a handyman needs to have at least, uh, I'm going to say at least 10 cost goods sold lines. And if you're a commercial contractor, you could have dozens. If you're a developer, home builder, you could have hundreds. Just depends on who you are. And your cost goods sold, there's another section that's referred to um, as the cost codes. So cost codes can go on for hundreds or thousands of cost codes. And one, two, ten, a dozen, maybe 20 or even 100 cost codes will roll up into one cost goods sold account. So that's the primary difference. And understanding that difference is how it relate and how it relates to the job costing and job profitability can get contractors like you planted firmly on the road to financial freedom. Not understanding the difference between job costing and job profitability can take your company off the road to financial freedom, run it in a ditch, turn it upside down, light it on fire while you're staying there mouth gaping open, eyes watering, wondering what happened. Well, let's talk about construction accounting a little bit. Income is added up to have total income. Cost goods sold including more than, includes more than just the cost material. The total income less the total cost goods sold equals what we refer to as gross profit. And that's an important number. Okay, because we're starting to talk about what each job generated in direct and indirect cost. Now expenses include a variety of the overhead and related items. So the gross profit less the total expenses equals a net ordinary income. Net ordinary income plus other income less other expenses equals net income. And I'm not going to go into discussion about that, but there are things that are not quote unquote germane to your business and construction. And that's another income section. It could be if maybe you're a mechanical contractor and you have scrap, uh, scrap copper, scrap brass, that sort of thing. That's another income. If you're a, a large contractor and you have a lot of cash in the bank and you have a sweep account, you may be getting interest from the bank. That's an, an example of other income. Other expenses that are not germane to your business, your construction business, well, that's interest expense, for example. Maybe you have a credit card or something of that nature, or you paid a penalty or a fine. That's just a few of the other expenses. So break those out accordingly and you'll have a good picture of your net income. And one of the questions that contractors ask us all the time is, hey, hey Randall, hey Sherry, when is it income? Well. Let me describe that to you, if I could, please. First thing you do is you meet with a client or a prospect and you deliver an estimate. If they accept the estimate and you have a contract, then hopefully you get a jaw deposit. Okay? Why? Go back to that randomism. Opium. I love opium. Other people's money. When I was a contractor, we had several construction companies and when I talk to somebody about their dream kitchen, their dream remodel, or their dream uh, new boiler, or repiping, or plumbing, or electrical, or whatever it was, it's their house, their dream, their desire. 
is this applied even to the general contractors and developers? I said, this is your dream, your desire. Therefore, I need a deposit to buy material and labor and subcontractors and other costs for your job. So I got a job deposit. Now, is that income? No. At the moment you take that, that bunch of money and you put it in the bank, that really is a liability because it's what's called unearned income. Now, later on, we do some work and you apply an invoice. You take that invoice and you might apply jaw deposits. You may get another customer payment. And what are the invoice said? That is income. Pretty simple, but it kind of makes sense. And just a quick digression, I hope this helps. If you're a small contractor and just getting started and you take money out of your hip national bank, your wallet, or, if, or whatever you're using for turning your cash around, and you put in your business, your construction company, that's not income, that's an investment. You can put a million dollars or a hundred thousand or a thousand dollars or ten dollars into your company. It's never income. When you pull it out, it's not an expense. It's just part of the business. Financial reports have a lot of information on them. Your tax accountant will calculate the depreciation when a contractor purchases a small tool, and you purchase a small tool and it's an expense. What determines whether the tool is an asset or an expense is the cost of the tool, not the size of the tool or piece of equipment. And consult your, your accountant or your, uh, your tax preparer to get that information. Any tool or equipment that costs less than $500, we consider it to be basically an expense. The Internal Revenue Service expects it will last less than one year and not repairable for the cost of purchasing a new tool will be less than the cost of repair of it. Most of the time, it's just not feasible repair. But if it is, you do it, that's great. Generally speaking, under 500 bucks, um, it's either expense or a cost goods sold, depending on how you're set up. Now these days, it's really hard to find anyone who can do repairs on small tools. Back when I was a kid in the 1800s, the neighborhood hardware store, usually the True Value Hardware, Ace Hardware, um, I can only think of a few large hardware stores that at that time, would send tools off for repairs. Now, smaller communities may have repairs as a common option. And a lot of contractors would repair their own, which is great. I used to do a lot of repairs of my own tools frequently. Now, you're the contractor. You may purchase a tiny tool in size, but huge in price, meaning it cost over $500. Now, generally speaking, those types of tools need to be depreciated. Now, Congress approved an accelerated depreciation schedule called the Section 179, where most items can be depreciated at 100% in a single year. And that's a discussion you need to have with your tax preparer to see whether it makes sense. In some cases, it might make sense to take the old depreciation. Uh, in some cases, it might not, because tax strategy is very complex to get you the most bang for the buck. Some years, you may want to take more depreciation than other years. So that what Section 179 benefits small contractors as the annual threshold is usually higher than they spend on tools and equipment. Now, each of these larger tools need to be listed in the kind software. And yeah, by the way, we use and recommend QuickBooks and we have QuickBooks desktop in the cloud. So 
all you folks who are using QuickBooks Desktop and you love it and you just wish you could have it in the cloud and access it from any web enabled device, including um, Apple products. So Windows QuickBooks, but you can still access it with Apple products in the cloud. Give Sherry a call, 206-361-3950, or go to our website and learn all about it, www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash cloud. you learn all about it. Okay, moving forward. Why? Because the tax accountant decides on what group and what tools and equipment need to be itemized individually. See, the rules differ depending on the type of item and how much can be depreciated on a single line, and which items may have internal caps. And frankly, this is another reason why if you're a contractor, get smart early on, and early is now. There's two times things get done now and right now. And I don't know if you've been in business for five minutes or 100 years. I really strongly recommend find a good tax preparer, a CPA or somebody who's an enrolled agent, and all they do is prepare annual taxes. You see, we do all kinds of outsourced bookkeeping for all kinds of contractors all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii. And we do the bookkeeping, we do the payroll, the payroll taxes, uh, we calculate sales tax, we do all kinds of stuff. The one thing we do not do is the annual taxes. Because there's two major points involved in annual taxes. One is your business taxes and one is your personal. And you really need somebody who specializes in tax returns. That's not us. By the same token, please don't be stupid, and I and apologize for being a little rough. Don't hire somebody who is a tax repair who thinks that they can spend three or four months out of the year doing taxes and the rest of the year they can put their bookkeeping hat on because they can't. Yep, they only spend generally from January 1st to April 15th, about three and a half months, preparing taxes in a mad dash. But then you always have the stragglers and the people that file uh, extensions and still doing taxes off and on throughout the year as well as keeping track of the new changes. And it seems like every, every year there are thousands of changes to the tax code. So you really need a specialist. And that's why we don't do taxes either. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So the short answer, in other words, how many lines and how many pages does it take to get to a 100% of your tax return? If taking all the depreciation available does not make sense, take it in a single year to the tax accountant. Because the tax accountant may decide to use the traditional depreciation rules. Using the thought that if taking 100% of the available depreciation doesn't help you, don't waste the depreciation. Spread it out over several years. Again, your tax accountant can work with you on that. Now, what is, I, this, this question comes up all the time. What is cost of goods sold in construction accounting? Well, to answer that question in depth and detail would take several hours and maybe a five or 10 week class. But I just want to condense it down and give you some of the basics. I'm going to call it the chrome, um, the 30,000 foot view, the overview. Rise above the, tr the trees and take a quick peek at the forest. Contractors, for example, often have asked us, can they buy our chart of accounts, the one that has a cost of goods sold, direct and indirect cost, and import it into QuickBooks desktop file, 
Are QuickBooks Online file? Well, the answer is yes. Simply go to www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com and you'll find all kinds of goodies there. We have the chart accounts, we have QuickBooks Setup, we have QuickBooks Cost Codes, we have, we have QuickBooks Desktop, and QuickBooks Online. And this podcast is being done in uh, October of 2017. And our, our webmaster, the second greatest webmaster on earth, and I say the second greatest because nobody can argue with that. There, there could be a greatest somewhere, but uh, she is a second greatest. She's wonderful, absolutely guard, wonderful uh, at what she does, just fantastic. And she's putting together that chart accounts uh, for the QuickBooks Online. So that should be done shortly, maybe somewhere in, uh, I don't know, maybe somewhere in December. It should be all buttoned up. But nevertheless, um, it's happening right now. So let's move forward. Direct costs are tied to the jobs, field labor, material, and other cost items. Office material, pencils, paper, toner, etc., are overhead. And yes, there are accountants who say that many of these pencils used in the field and the notepad is used in the truck, therefore it should be part of cost goods sold. Well, bless your hearts. I, I love all accountants. They're good people. And I love contractors. Uh, accountants are a little bit myopic. They have a kind of a tunnel vision. Um, all dogs are animals, therefore all animals are dogs. They don't have a good feel of construction. I was fortunate. I spent many years in construction <laughs> as well as being trained as a construction accountant. So when the accountant tells you that kind of stuff about pencils being used in the field and no pad in the truck and try to break things out, what they're doing is they're, they were taught activity-based cost accounting. And activity-based cost accounting, yeah, you do want to break out the pencils and the notepads and the different things in different areas. But unless you have an enterprise construction company doing at least $100 million a year, it's not worth the time and trouble. It really isn't. Because, again, what's the purpose of reports and anything in financial, QuickBooks, you know, job costing, any of it? It's to help you, the contractor, figure out two questions. Where are you making money and where are you losing money? And allocating the cost of pencils and, and notepads and gasoline and everything down to the NATS wire, it just isn't helpful. The answer is the dividing line of what the direct cost to the job and the cost goods sold are. And confusion always comes about with the material. A construction contractor may purchase material and resell it to the customer at cost. Okay, you can do that. And you're thinking that's reimbursable expense. By the way, you lose money to do this because everything you buy has a cost associated with it. Material doesn't just suddenly appear like in some kind of a Star Trek movie. It just sort of appears at the job site. No, it's got to get there somehow. And there's going to be some accounting for that material. So you're paying for a lot of cost involved there. But enough said. Remember, all invoices to the customer, the retail, the general contractor, the spec builder, the developer, is income. And by the way, for those of you in Washington State, Washington State has a clear explanation. If the word's on the invoice, then the invoice is either taxable or non-taxable based on a variety of factors. Every line item 
my customer invoice is all income. Even though if you bought it, piece of material for a hundred bucks and you sold it for a hundred dollars, it's still income. Now it'll come off the other side on the material cost, so it'll wash. But put it in there as income. Purchases for materials are cost of goods sold or other expenses. If you're shortcutting your accounting, and I've seen a, hundreds of financial statements, thousands actually, that are backed out because they will not ref, re, reflect reimbursable income as a negative number and thereby show it as a deduction. The net effect is double dipping on the expense side. The cause of the accounting software is not properly set up. You really need to make sure your accounting software is set up correctly and we can help you with that. New construction home building is another area of confusion. In the mind of many construction contractors, a spec house is any new house that is being built for resale. Well, in most cases that's true. It is a new construction house. The question is, on the construction accounting side, the owner and developer, who might be the general contractor running the job, is it a spec home? Is it a custom home? Well, for the general contractor who's building a new construction home for a developer, it is not a spec home. While it might seem the same both new construction houses, the question to be answered is, who owns the home? Is it a spec home in the accounting system for the owner? If the general contractor does not own the house, then from the accounting side for that specific general contractor, the house is a custom home. Who has an ownership position and who is not the general contractor? Those are some questions to be answered. If the general contractor developer who owns a new house being built, then it's a spec house in the accounting system. All the costs roll up into what's called work in process, whole different animal, and eventually they'll convert to cost goods sold when the house is sold, not before. At that point, you recognize the expenses, cost goods sold when the house sells, otherwise expenses from one year to the next, and a sale equals net taxes. For example, again, in Washington State, and I keep mentioning it because we're here in Linwood, deep in the heart of Washington State, all construction contractors working for a spec builder need to collect sales tax on all services, labor and material, when billed from the journal and trade contractors. In Washington State, all construction contractors working on a custom home, residential or commercial, large or small remodels, handyman projects can accept either a reseller permit from the general contractor or sales taxes billed and collected from the owner by a general science contractor. I'm sorry, by a general contractor. Contractors need to collect sales tax on all retail projects, including labor material and other costs. Sales tax must be collected on every line item. Customer discounts can be given for any reason. Okay, but you've got to identify sales tax before the discount. Now, one word of caution. Um, this is advice from over four decades in construction, construction accounting, and working a lot of contractors and tax people and so forth and so on. Do not take this as absolute gospel truth. You're the contractor. You do what makes sense to you. Okay? And if you go to a tax repair and they say, I'm full of it, and you want to follow a tax repair's advice, do so. 
it's no skin off my nose. Okay. I mean, I don't mean to be harsh, but I've been in this business for a long time and I've seen a lot of bad advice. And the biggest source of bad advice for contractors is the contractor round table. And that's a little round table in a tavern with a pitcher of beer and four schooners and four contractors who are right next to bankrupt advising each other on how to run business and taxes. It's almost kind of funny. Well, one quick word about hiring subcontractors. Make sure they are licensed and bonded based on the rules of your state. Review and make sure they're not, they're not your, they're, I'm sorry, review and make sure you are not their only customer. As a construction contractor, you do not want any government agency, state or federal, to reclassify them as your employee. And if the state doesn't do it, the feds will. Government agencies share names, and there are payroll taxes to be paid for every worker. Part of the rules, a 1099 contractor must work for more than one person or company, get assigned W-9, the Internal Revenue wants to have the 1099s issued for everyone who received over $600 in a single calendar year. And again, this podcast is being put together in October 2017. Things change. Always reconsult, always consult the, the rules of the IRS and 1099 contractors because it could change by the time you listen to this. If you have employees, for goodness sakes, use a payroll service that will electronically file the quarterly and annual returns. May you also refile the 1099s. Keep your reporting simple and easy. It's easier to prove you filed on time. Having an outside construction accountant makes meeting the rules as a contractor versus an employee easier. We will advise you on the best way to handle that. Again, the key word there is advise. You're the contractor, you make the final decision. So just so you know, and here comes the commercial. Wait for it. Oh, here it comes. Fast Easy Accounting, that's us. Fast Easy Accounting does the bookkeeping, accounting, payroll, and offers business coaching for small brand new construction contractors, general contractors, trade contractors, handyman, Everybody, all contractors with a sales volume of under $10 million from zero startup to $10 million, all across USA, including Alaska and Hawaii. My advice is do the parts that only you can do and leave the rest to us. You're never too small for us to help, and we help from the beginning and you first day in business. Looking forward to being assistance. Well, it's that time of the year. I say trick or treat, Halloween. Hope we see you at the mall. The mall is the place where Sherry and I go. We watch all the little kids dress up from the newborns to the, you know, over however old they are. And all the malls here locally in, in the Seattle area, they, they fill the kids. Uh, they, they, it's so much fun because the, the kids are all dressed up in their cute, funny costumes. And the food court has the best view. We usually go to the food courts, uh, you know, get an Orange Julius or some kind of a beverage, maybe a snack and watch all the little ones go by. It is so much fun. Really, it's just very enjoyable. So it's one of the few days that everyone gets to have fun, no matter how old they are, and enjoy the rest of the year. Well, I hope you enjoy your day. And if you, by the way, if you are a DIY type person, we do offer all of our QuickBooks setup files, chart accounts, and cost codes, again, at www 
www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. Hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services to us is about more than just doing the bookkeeping. It's about taking a list of your pros to your entire construction company and helping support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them. And believe me, all of us here at Fast Easy Accounting, we sincerely care about you and your construction company. That's all I have for now. Please do me honor over at Comedy Radio Podcast, wherever you're listening to it on. And feel free to tell me what you liked, didn't like, and tell as you see it because your feedback is crucial, and I thank in advance. It's our firm belief here at Fast Easy Accounting that contractors like you deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. This is one more example of how Fast Easy Accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, from moving the bank to operate and grow your construction company. You see, construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a whole lot harder than that and a lot more vital to people like you. So please stop missing out. By the way, if you'd like to learn what makes construction accounting so much different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash CA. And please feel free to call Sherry 206-361-3950 or you can email her S-H-A-R-I-E at fasteasyaccounting.com and schedule your no-charge one-hour consultation. Probably contractors and construction committee owners like you have known about the value of outsourced bookkeeping services and our contractor negotiation services for a very long time. If you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping service, you're invited to download a guide to find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your particular situation. And you can find that at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. Thank you very much. Hope you understand. We really do care about you and all contractors, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now until the next episode here on the Contractor Success Map Podcast, where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Contractor Success Map. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes. And make sure to head over to www.contractorsuccessmap.com to subscribe to receive the latest articles and special offers. If you'd like to discuss your business strategy, simply click on the button labeled Strategy Session. And the best part, it's all free, just for you.